I'm Aunt Kelly Anakin. And I'm Molly of Mitchell Sanchez. We're here to take birth control and talk about The Handmaid's Tale. We are all out of birth control. Thanks, Trump. This is Red All Over, your handy Handmaid's Tale recap. Blessed be the fruit. I'm so upset. My belly hurts. I know. You wouldn't even eat my delicious chili no, mac. And I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> I think I am percolating, like, not to be graphic, but like a stress you movement. Eat, you didn't eat my delicious chili mac, even when I showed you my other friend that I have chained up in the basement. <laughs> Because for she not wouldn't eating. eat my chili back. I know. I'm sorry. My regrets to Carla, but I also, <laughs> I could not eat it. No, man, this first episode of this show is brutal. And it's like, I'm, I'm like surprised, not Every surprised. time I show up expecting it to be something and it just punches me in the face. So, okay. I, you know, we'll get like to the recap proper, but I have some questions for you. Okay. Number one, like if you have to describe the way you feel right now, just like in a word, like how you feel about that episode, how would you describe it? I would say gutted. <laughs> I would say numb. Ugh. I feel I feel like outside of myself. I have a migraine. I have like not unclenched my stomach. Mm-hmm. I am just physically tense and uncomfortable. I'm like supposed to go hang out with friends after this. <laughs> and like, I am going to be a real bummer. I know. I'm, I'm just going to be like... <laughs> Staring off into the middle distance while everybody else does karaoke. Well, I'm premeditating the kind of like self-care I'm going to do to like make up for this. Like I'm going to get several bouquets of flowers. Maybe I'll buy myself a tuna melt. I do not know, but I need to. Tuna melt is good self-care. Oh, I need to take care of myself. And then the book I'm reading is also kind of sad. So Mm. it's just like, boom, boom, boom. As always, I am so happy to be sitting next to you while we're watching this. Can you even imagine? No. Like, no. 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 And I even know that it's going to be a totally different experience for me watching, as it always is, is watching this with Mitch. Yeah. Versus watching it with you. So I am so pleased that we could wait I this know. long. I know. And, and watch so it together. And I'm so glad that I've drummed all the men out of my life. <laughs> because. <laughs> you don't have to suffer anyone. Oh, my God. Oh, Holy my God. Cow. Okay, so I, my second question. Okay. What was the most upsetting for you in this episode? The hanging. The hanging? Obviously. Mine was the scene where they find out that Congress got slaughtered and there was a bomb in the White House. Wow. Because it took me right back to 9-11. You know what? Of course, that's our generation's touchstone for, like, yeah. scary and, world events. Yeah. And it was so... It was so resonant for me because, like, that day I was, like, doing training for a new job I was going to have on campus. Like, I had only been at college for, like, three days. Yeah. And... And similarly, I was in elementary school getting my first braces applied. (laughs) And... But I remember because, you know, we were all doing this training for working at the writing center where, you know, we're, we're tutoring... Different oh. student and 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 somebody comes you know and I've just met all these people. Uh-huh. Somebody comes in and I'm thinking this is like an in joke, <gasps> like she, and I'm like this is weird. Like is this like a right is like a hazing and you know we were right by an air force base. Oh no! And just I mean and I think that's why I feel so numb. Like I feel like I'm gonna st- like I don't sit around crying about nine eleven. Oh, but like I feel fucked up. I'm going to tell you an anecdote that'll hopefully cleanse your palate a little bit. But um, so then I'm I'm free to dive into this very uplifting episode yeah. of television with clear eyes. Yes, um, my very best friend Lauren and I were walking around our college campus one day. 
and she saw a poster and she read it really quick and she turned to me and she goes, well, that's not very nice. And it was a sign that said 9-11 was an inside job. And I'm like, I know it's it's crazy that some people think that. She goes, no one should think that. It's like, yeah, you're being like really passionate about that. She goes, 9-11 was not an inside joke, Molly. <laughs> so she read it as 9-11 was an inside joke, which has tickled me. That's hilarious me. because I really thought it was for like a hot second. <laughs> I know. That's what made me laugh. You know, and, and actually you surprised me because I thought you were going to say the ear cutting part, which... Oh, I couldn't watch it, so I don't even know. This circles back to my time at the Writing Center because Michelle, who was the person who said that Mm -hmm. about 9-11, later helped me uh, get a cartilage piercing out that had a very painful keloid on it. Oh, ouch, ouch, ouch. Yeah, so anyway. Wow, this is tying back Mm -hmm. very handily. Mm -hmm. Boy, women just suffer. We just go through the (laughs) ringer. All right, let's dive in. Let's begin at the beginning, I guess. uh, Caveat, um... We found these in a box and we're watching them um, ahead of the premiere date. So if something major has happened between, uh, let's just get crazy and say three or so weeks before the premiere, we're not going to comment on it because we don't know about it because we're recording in the past. Yeah, totally. So, so just so like, you know, just, just so in like case. like 9-11-2 has happened. We don't know. Kelly Anakin. Don't what? Don't put that in the, into oh the ether. Oh my God. I like that you think I'm powerful enough. <laughs> That my asshole... Listen, you've heard some of the things that I've said (laughs) on and off this podcast. If God was listening, this planet would be a bombed out (laughs) crater already. Anyway, so, all right, let's begin the begin. This episode is Handmaid's Tale, season two, episode one. It is called June. June. Because it's June. June, June, June. Just because it's June. 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 You don't know. Uh-uh. Um, June is busting out all over from no. the very troubling musical uh, Carousel. No, I'm sorry. I don't. Carousel is about how you should love people that hit you. Well, <laughs> that is what I've always believed. Anyway, Not- speaking, speaking of loving people who hit you, I give ye the Handmaid's Tale. So my early prediction was that this would start at the epilogue, which it does not. We- <laughs> so pretty bummed about that. Yeah, but like, I, uh, I just... I. I uh, <laughs> oh, we broke Kelly. I'm being very articulate on this podcast where we, you know, articulate about the Handmaid's Tale. I, 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 but it's like you, I, I never know what they're going to do. Yeah, and it's like I, I didn't in my heart of hearts really think that they were going to go with the epilogue, but right. I didn't think the hanging would be the first fucking thing that happens. Oh my damn god! So she uh, now Kelly. I have been admittedly rewatching a bunch of Westworld, so my notion of timelines is off. That's fair. Also, funny story. My co-host on my other podcast, Amy, told me that she was having a conversation at work about the West Wing, and somebody thought they were talking about Westworld, and when she told me that, I like to laugh for three minutes straight. I love that crossover. Anyway. But so my notion of timelines is a little bit skewed, but do you think that this first scene happens immediately after Nick leads her out of the house. I do think this. Okay. Because it looks like this. I mean, granted, the Ivans all look the same. Right. You know how Ivans are. Ivan, new from Apple. <laughs> <laughs> it's a van you have to buy a new one of every three months. <laughs> but specifically because they had a shot of her in that van 
in the like the previously on uh-huh. that was the last thing that you saw before like right. i just yeah i i have no reason to believe that anything happened this was troubling to me because we leave season one thinking that it's going to be like in the book and it, and i guess it kind of is where he puts her in a van and she thinks she's escaping for good mm-hmm. so i think we were primed of her to go straight from there to salvation Mm -hmm. which is why we had so many theories on seeing those scenes that we saw at paley fest about again the timeline screwiness of when those scenes took place but i think that you're very right and it's very like right after season one ends and the thing that is a little messed up about it is like if nick knew that they were taking her Mm -hmm. to fenway for practice hanging it is kind of chilling like batting practice yeah practice yeah. hanging yeah it is kind of chilling that he was like don't worry we're getting you out even though we know by the end of the episode he, he has a that. bigger he just plan said, trust me okay he, so there you go it was it was still ambiguous it was very Aladdin. and i think it's a situation like i just read another margaret atwood novel recently the heart goes last like you know i give it i give it a five out of five atwoods but it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't great it wasn't my favorite of hers by any stretch but there is a sequence where somebody has to do something and they keep her deliberately in the dark about uh, yeah, yeah. what she's actually doing because they need her reaction to be genuine. Just kind of so, like how in Mad Men when they didn't tell him that Lane Price was going to hang himself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Very similar. Sorry for the Mad Men spoiler. <laughs> um, but yes, I like what you're saying is like she can't even yeah, be hopeful I mean, yeah, or defiant. He can't, he can't give her anything because... This is this is risky, risky business. And mm-hmm. honestly, the fact that what does finally happen at the end of the episode goes off so smoothly yeah. is shocking. But we're not there yet. We're not there yet. So Offred gets hustled into June. A I'm sorry. I'm trying to call her by her real name. But she gets hustled out of the van. And immediately I'm like, there's not this is not good there's hella handmaids everywhere and i'm thinking well i thought maybe she was getting smuggled out as part of a shipment me too of handmaids to mexico (laughs) oh that's right you thought but they're kettled kind of and they're pushed they're pushed onto train cars which is exactly like this is very explicit like holocaust imagery and it was that i think that's when my stomach started to hurt it was that yeah. more so than them putting the muzzle on her i think and, oh yeah they really hannibal lectured her well, or and, as i wrote before yeah. i realized how serious things were handmadeable lector um <laughs> but then i immediately wrote oh no well and i knew things were fucked up because we saw we I don't think we've known her name up until now, but of Robert yeah. is the other like contact that she uh-huh. has. And then there's the one whose name I can never remember, but she was also on Orphan Black, so I always like remember who she is. And you said you saw the other off Glen. New no. off Glen or no? No, I'm sorry, I was confusing her with Alma who's of Robert? That yes. Alma's okay. of Robert. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. Right, it's right, all right. coming back to me so now. So they see each other and knowing what we know about Alma, ugh, I'll be so embarrassed if that's not her name, but knowing what we know about her is that she's part of May Day. Yeah. So, so we're thinking like, oh, these are all conspirators yeah. or like, I don't know. And yeah. then they're all marched. At some point, I figured out that it was everybody who did the mm-hmm. rock, the, who didn't stone Janine. Didn't stone. But they get them. They're at Fenway Park. Park. Which, as I wrote down, uh, not the worst thing to happen at Fenway Park. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke for the two sports fans who listen to our podcast, of which I am not one. <laughs> um, also, well, what I wrote before it got serious was 
because they had these dogs there and i was like do the dogs like sniff for pregnancy like huh. they do for drugs <laughs> i um, know i think i was so tense i gave you like a huh. <laughs> um and well in because the, they oh shh. i'm getting worked up again because it was so horrible i honestly think i might toss my dim sum like i'm so yeah, upset okay. Look, um just you know where the toy do you want me to bring a wastebasket <laughs> no, no, no. in here because i totally can i think i'm okay okay uh, i purposely did not wear a bra today because i didn't want anything else squeezing my body <laughs> this process. so if i sound freer on the recording that's why <laughs> aunt lydia is there which quashed my hope that maybe this was like a secret pretend resistance thing i never thought that for a second <laughs> like i don't think they have the resources oh. and but like they've got you know all of the the guardians are there and they're putting their ropes around their necks and i think did alma wet herself I don't think they, I thought for sure they would show something. The only like the, my only complaint about this show is like it was so dark and like I couldn't turn my TV or it my computer up see, yeah. any brighter mm-hmm. than it was. But like because they, they pan to her hands and some of the whole the handmaids are like figuring out even though they're bound how to hold hands. It's exceedingly chilling when we see June just fold her hands on each other mm-hmm. because if that's not the ultimate sign of like all right. Res- Give her uh, all the face and resignedness. Yeah. Oh my God. Because she goes through the entire five stages of grief and four more besides. We get bonus stages of grief oh, here. Oh God. So I cried when she held, closed her hands. I cried when the other handmaids are holding each other's hands. And honestly, if I was an actor, I would be wrecked for a week after this because they physically put a rope around yeah. your neck. Like that is so. And then, like in the trailer, they throw the switch and the platform drops, like, but only a little bit. And that's when Aunt Lydia comes out of the shadows, Friday Night Lights style. And I'm like, okay, it's Handmaid Scared Straight. Yeah, it really is. That was horrifying. And and then to watch everybody's faces as they've gotten this reprieve to be briefly (sighs) relieved, but then be like, okay, this is motherfucking Gilead. I know. What else is happening? It's almost next? like, and this notion gets brought up over and over again is like, to die is the ultimate escape, and almost no one is granted that yeah. escape. Janine isn't. Rory isn't. I forget what what's it's her name Emily. in this. Emily. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't even. <laughs> Emily isn't. All these people. What's you- a day, Rory? <laughs> Uh, update no sign of doofy guardian oh, in this episode so um, just, look, we imagine guardian watch 2018 so nobody gets to die and that is just harrowing and oh my god how that was just like one of the scariest things i've ever seen on tv and it again was, once again i'm gonna commend this show for being a show aimed at women that is so brutal i don't violent af there's nothing ever been like this ever there's this femaleness to the gaze on the violence like it is not yeah it is not glorious like i said i i find hints of that in in harlots too but Mm -hmm. certainly harlots is a way more fun show than i would hope so but you can tell i don't know is is there a less fun show than (laughs) the animated's tale (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I can't think of it. Uh, <laughs> halt and Catch Fire is pretty horrible. <laughs> but I mean, like, in terms of being fun. No, no. Like, I'm just and, kidding. And being like, oh, these are enjoyable scenarios yeah. that could happen. Yeah, just kidding. I'm actually kind of warming up to Halt and Catch Fire. Don't tell Mitch ever. Uh, uh, I hope he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> um, Typical man. No. <laughs> no, because he hears all the commentary live yeah, yeah, while we're watching yeah, yeah, yeah. it. So he doesn't need to. But God, 
scary scene almost pooped my pants and oh 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 this is worth talking about so kate bush's a woman's work right is playing i during forgot that it thing. was in the very first as she scene. as she begins those if they had had Lindsay from you're the worst sing it i would have known what it was <laughs> when they begin that first like cry of the song i was like oh fuck yeah. so women's work is a song that kate bush wrote specifically for the kevin bacon movie she's having a baby also starring elizabeth mcgovern mm-hmm. you may remember her from the handmaid's tale movie in a very like uncomfortably sexy alec baldwin in this movie and the song plays in the movie as kevin bacon's wife elizabeth mcgovern is having trouble delivering the baby and so it's like a very sad scary moment so i want to share with you a little bit so it's the song is from a male perspective watching a woman give birth Mm -hmm. which is like if that's not what gilead is i don't know what it is so i love how she wrote that lyric gilead is within you in 1990 yeah it was so great i'm sorry 1988 yeah yeah oh god it's so scary and go back and look at the lyrics if you can but it's just the rallying cry of like i know you have a little life in you yet i know you have a lot of strength left the man looking at the woman and saying i stand outside this woman's work this woman's world it's hard on the man but now his part is over now starts the craft of the father laden with meaning it's also interesting to frame death as women's work oh yeah Um, well women are conduits to life mm -hmm. both entering and leaving yeah uh maiden mother crone biatch (laughs) so we cut from this (laughs) what a terrible transition (laughs) (laughs) yeah speaking of terrible transitions because we cut from friday night lights to the scene from the trailer where we see beautiful Luke Ben Cole mm. and his beautiful chest. They're not on vacation. He's mm. just getting ready for work. Every day would be a vacation, uh, baby. Well, uh, what this Ooh. plot thread suggests is that no, life oh, was yeah. about to get horrible for everyone. So, you know, they're just engaging in some casual, are you going to Walgreensing? And she's like, yeah. Which, as everyone in a relationship know, is the truest form of floor play. Absolutely. <laughs> and he wants deodorant because mm-hmm. you're getting ripe. Mm. And he wants double A batteries. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she has to have him sign for her birth control. Mm-hmm. She can't pick it up unless he signs off on it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, that's ridiculous. And I'm like, it's not that ridiculous. It there just- are literally people trying to make this happen right now. Right now. Right now. And your gay rabbit, Mike Pence, Mike Pence, <laughs> auto tune Mike Pence. <laughs> so that's scary. And then she very sexily is like, mm-hmm. "What if? What I if I don't? Didn't have birth control? <laughs> oh my god!" And then they engage in some very cute mom and dad fondling, which and like Hannah has gone out in the hall to go to school, like. 10 minutes ago and they're just like what if we had another baby and she's like the Mm. one you had is ready to go yeah (laughs) i took some fairy bites of that yogurt let's go (laughs) and but i mean again it just establishes them as a family unit who is even on the cusp of starting something new yeah so anyway i'm sure that's all gonna end great <laughs> based on what we've seen in season one. Oh god so then we wind up at the oh scene. wait i want to oh, include the one note that i wrote in my horror uh, before this next scene starts and it, i wrote ot with glasses is a balm to my heart and my ovaries <laughs> Which she really is. God bless you, OT. We'd love to have you on. There is a balm in Gilead, and it is Luke. Mm -mm. Yes. Bang Cole. So then we get the scene we saw at Paley Fest of the Handmaid's 
in the rain holding their rocks. Right. And Aunt Lydia being mad. And, mm-hmm. you know, somebody coming out and being like, oh, one of them's pregnant. The dog's let her through. We don't know why. That dog has been euthanized. <laughs> of um, spot is no yeah. longer with us. <laughs> so we get the line here that i love so much is the difference of freedom to and freedom from i think of that as like your line oh yeah yeah that's my favorite kind of notion from the book Mm -hmm. is you have freedom to you know be well literally be free and not be a sex slave and then freedom from i suppose the male gaze no 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 freedom from (laughs) the male gaze and from the the chore of being a free person (laughs) Kind of. I mean, <laughs> no. I, I no. know you're right. <laughs> I really enjoy my autonomy. <laughs> yeah, it turns out. Oh, I really enjoy my autonomy. I Bless guess. Day. <laughs> I really enjoy my autonomy. Uh, so here's my question: mm-hmm. Like, is this the next day, or do they have to like wait for a rainy day? Where <laughs> they like, mm, we can't, we can't. Oh, we had this whole plan for how to punish these right. girls, <laughs> but, but it's a beautiful day. Oh, it's such a beautiful day. Go walk down by the. We we put some fresh bodies down there. <laughs> Go think about that. You could have been. You could have been there. I think logically they probably go directly from hanging to this. I agree, but I. But have, you're right. <laughs> you know. Anyway, what are the odds? <laughs> I know they just happen to pick a bad day, and then June gets sprung from the group. She goes inside to change, and Aunt Lydia is ecstatic. She goes to this weird door, and I was like, what is going on? She opens this door, and I'm like, is that where they keep the fresh handmade togs? Or like, <laughs> I thought it was this, the liquor cabinet, honestly. There's this, like, there's this rope, and I was like, were you going to hang yourself? I was just like, what's going on Did you on think there? that? I don't know what I thought. As soon as I saw the rope, I knew it was a bell. But that's because that. I have seen Hunchback of Notre Dame 1,100 times. This is the scene from the teaser that we saw of Aunt Lydia holding something to her face like crying oh and we thought it was hair we thought it was a braid it is a braid but of rope attached to a bell which she rings the knocked up bell <laughs> oh girl uh, you know when you hear the knocked up bell <laughs> oh someone about to have, have been everybody on the up. street just starts going knocked up knocked up knocked up <laughs> knock knock who's there knocked up <laughs> oh you're a delight thank you you too uh, listen so- it's getting it's gonna get darker before it gets lighter so uh let's just hold tight to our friends we see june sitting she has changed her clothes she sees the handmaid's tail looking at the pardon me the handmaids she wow, sees the handmaids she's tale. like watching on hulu like in the show she's like this is dark <laughs> wow i'm glad i'm not in that uh-huh. oh wait <laughs> uh the self-care horn makes a return <laughs> Um, it's organic self-care horn. <laughs> I made it myself. And you helped. So Aunt Lydia tries to give her some soup. Which I was very hungry at the time. And I was like, I will eat that pregnancy <laughs> soup. You know, and I did eat pregnancy chili shortly right. afterwards. So, And June is still defiant. Mm-hmm. And so she won't. And so Aunt Lydia has this whole discussion with her about, like, does she think she saved Janine by not stoning her? And she has possibly my favorite and just I can't tell how intentionally or unintentionally this is hilarious. <laughs> friends don't stone their friends to death. That's true. You know, that's you like you pick your friends. You can pick your nose. You can't pick your friend's nose. <laughs> friends don't let friends drive drunk and friends don't stone their friends to death. That's like girl code. Yeah, it's very <laughs> basic. But what I love about that's getting- like the rules of feminism. <laughs> 
But what I really loved about this scene was actually getting into it when Aunt Lydia is like telling her like, oh, you're eating for two now and you're very blessed and all these Mm -hmm. things and you have quite an adventure ahead of you and we're going to make sure that you have all the best care and everything that you need. And I'm just thinking back to what it must have been like when Janine got pregnant because this would have worked on Janine. Absolutely. And it did work on Janine. It absolutely worked on Janine. And she was much more compliant than Offred is here because Offred is very dug her heels in and is just not capitulating to what Aunt Lydia wants. And and Dowd's acting is so chilling because it changes on a dime. Uh She's so mercurial. And that's what makes her very scary. Mm -hmm. The part I was nodding with you about thinking that you were going to mention this is the very well-written part for me in this scene is when she's saying like, oh, it's easy for you to be defiant. You're safe. Mm -hmm. She goes, there you are standing in defiance, but risking nothing, a.k.a. white feminism. But no women are always pregnant. Never forget (laughs) it. But I thought that was just such an interesting thing, because even if. Even if she got scared straight, I bet also there was a part of her that's like, eh, my boyfriend's going to pick me up. So, okay. <laughs> um, excuse me. I have a note from an I. May I be excused? <laughs> <laughs> so you're right. It's like all of her defiance. And she gets shown in very short order that, mm-hmm. go ahead, be defiant all you want. We can't hurt you. Yeah. How does it feel to be the one person not hurting? Yeah. And also, oh. uh, yeah, go ahead. Keep being defiant. Guess what? You've just been cast in American Horror Story Gilead. Ooh, boy, the Hannibal references keep going in this show because <laughs> then we see her take her down to the basement, the darkened gymnasium basement. It was so dark that I thought that the picture cut out. Me too. Me too. And we meet Uff Wyatt, which is a name I cannot deal with. Who is very pregnant and chained to the wall. She's chained to the ceiling, I think. Like the way that you would like put a dog on a clothesline. Yeah, yeah. Or a child if you're a bad person. (laughs) Um, and, And she's there with like a bed, a nightstand, a chair. It's this perfect recreation of a bedroom in this like basement dungeon basketball court yeah. yeah they said now there is a second voice in this scene and i'm not sure who to attribute it there to. was another aunt in okay there, and i saw her i think you might briefly see her when they come in but then when they leave she stays okay and but then they because they keep the lights out on of wyatt so i i assume the other aunt just leaves i don't know i think she stands there in the dark <sighs> I guess, yeah. You don't want to leave a handmaid unattended even when she's got a chain on her. So aunt number two says the reason that Off-White is down here is because she tried to drink drain cleaner Mm -hmm. to kill herself and abort the baby. baby. So as punishment, she has to stay down here in this basement. And she makes Offred go real close to Mm -hmm. her. And poor Off-White is brainwashed or at this point or just given up she had a quality to her that's very like you know in the movie 28 days later have you seen that Mm -hmm. at the end ish where you see the zombie Mm -hmm. who's chained in the yard Uh it felt like that to me wow or are you just stereotyping because they're both chained um probably (laughs) i'm sorry i should check my (laughs) non-chained check your non-chain privilege Please. Change, change, change. Um, that's interesting. So what do you make of that look? <laughs> what? What do you make of that I look? I don't then? know. I don't think this is the last we've seen of oh, really? I don't. There was something about her. 
she was look she was fucked up even if she is brainwashed something was going something on with her face was, something was going on with her that might have been if she drank drain cleaner it might have oh you're right messed i'm up sure that's what skin. we're supposed to get but i don't i don't know like i just i could not even begin to tell you but something is so wrong with her i know well there was part of me that was thinking like meh that's not so bad. And then they turned off the lights. Yeah. And, you know, and it's like, it's like, it's not even, it's like, I think there's something wrong with her even beyond all of this horrible shit that's happened. Like, I like there's some other layer here and I don't know what it is. Mm. Very chilling. So then Alfred goes up and has lunch. And then is this oh when the, God. yeah, this is when ugh. they bring, they bring in the rest of the girls. And I thought they were just going to have them watch Alfred. Eat I thought so too. While they were not allowed to eat. I thought they were really going to rub it in. Like, look at Alfred. She's fine. Mm-hmm. She let you guys suffer. Mm-hmm. I thought, but they, you know what? They really follow the stand up comedy rule of show. Don't tell <laughs> in the handmaid's and tale. Also, as this all happens, Alfred is facing the opposite direction of where they're torturing oh, right. Alma. So, so she they, has to look at them. Yeah. She has to look at them looking at Alma because what they do, they bring her into the kitchen. And I was not totally sure because, you know, we've seen them bring handmaids in when Alfred ran away. They brought her in and they whipped her feet, right? So I'm yeah. like, is it more like this? But they bring her in. Well, wait, and you get a little tip off when she comes in. You're already scared when she comes in the kitchen because there are knives on the wall. Yeah. I thought for sure someone is getting a hand... Or a finger cut off. Well, and I'm wondering if the handcuffs were already on the stove because she freaks out like she can I'm see sure what's happening. I'm sure they were. This is upsetting. This is so fucking upsetting. They handcuff her to the stove and they turn on the burner and we see just enough and then they cut away and she is screaming and we see the other <sighs> handmaids see and they're all presumably next. Yeah. For, I saw a pot on the stove. For, so for a second, I thought they were going to put their face in water, boiling water. But this was so much worse. This was horrendous. Jeez Louise. Just terrifying. Yeah. Please, listeners, like, I want you to take really good care of yourself when you're watching this. Like, you know, listen to us. We're going to try to, like, you know, be silly. Yeah, and help you through it. A little but... bit. But go take a bubble bath. Eat a cookie. Like, you deserve it. You you are choosing to watch this media that's hard to watch. And you're important. And your emotions are important, too. So take care of yourself. Hug your girlfriend. Um, yeah, and don't stone them to death. Do not stone Whatever them. Whatever you so do. No actually, matter what anybody tells well, you. Well, wait. I want to say, like, on record. This is me on record. Y- y'all can stone me. I don't want Aww. any of that to happen to you. Like, whatever. Try to aim for my face and my head and, like, knock me out. Stone me. Because that's what happens in the book, right? Mm-hmm. Is like, yeah. get her. But y- you guys can stone me. I don't mind. I'm fine. Okay, cool. <laughs> that's all disturbing and good to know. I'm going to um, shut this door. Okay. There's still so much of this to talk about. Woof. And I took very sparse notes. Me too. Even, and I'm just like, it's burned into my brain. Me too. Well, then we get another flashback. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because my, oh, yeah. it's not always the case, but I think we've been trained to think of the flashbacks as less harrowing somehow, mm-hmm. but this was not. Because I don't, I don't know. It feels there's a different tone. It's discordant where it wasn't. Well, because it's before. the closest. It's the last day before Gilead, basically. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So June's at work and she's just flipping through a manuscript because remember she works in publishing and, right. and she's looking out the window at all the people wandering around in Boston. And um, you can see Matt Damon if you squint yeah, really yeah. close. And like you can also see like him and Ben Affleck apologizing for Casey Affleck. And <laughs> you can see Ben Affleck's tattoo from a mile <laughs> away. <laughs> anyway. 
So some dude comes in and he's like, hey, your bag's buzzing. And like, you know, they kind of like are bantering about whatever she's editing. Yeah. So she's editing, I believe, her manuscript about agricultural economics of Spain and Portugal. Hold on to that. Maybe that's important later. I don't know. I'm guessing no. (laughs) Maybe. I I think we'll see of Wyatt before we'll see that be important (laughs) again. But when will we see face butter is the real question. (laughs) Not this episode, by the way. Unfortunately. Although I don't know if I could have handled it amidst everything else that happens in this episode. Like both of us ate like a spoonful of butter today <laughs> out in public. A spoonful of That butter. guy would not stop giving us samples. I love him. That's my favorite thing in a man is one who just keeps giving me small amounts of food. My favorite. Anyway. So she checks her phone and it's Hannah's school. Mm-hmm. And Hannah has a fever mm-hmm. and they couldn't reach her. So they sent her to the hospital. I'm like, did you not try calling her dad? Yeah, that is weird to me, too. He was, I guess, not reachable, like, oh, but they don't make mention honestly, of Honestly, I was surprised at the direction this went because, like, because of the birth control thing, I'm like, is she even allowed to take her out of school at this point? Like, Oh, that's interesting. Anyway, but so they sent her to the hospital and she said something to her coworker about, oh, she was a little warm this morning, but I gave her some Tylenol. And, like, you hear that there's, like, this policy, like, a child has to be fever-free for 48 hours before sending them back to school. And, like, I don't have a kid, so I don't know if this is, like, a real-life thing or if it's, like, some draconian pre-Gilead birth rate plummeting. I'm not sure. I do preventative mentor that measure. as it stands in 2018, you can't bring peanut butter sandwiches right. to school. Yeah. So it seems like a logical extension <laughs> of that. <laughs> I mean, also, like, yeah, don't send your feverish child to school. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, viruses. So she goes to pick her up at the hospital. And I actually don't think that's the next scene. But let's... I think it is, actually. Because that's what I wrote down. So she goes to pick her up. My note is, nurse gets weird. Nurse gets weird. And... Weird. Just weird white woman. This woman gets weird. So she goes and it makes me nervous anytime there is a barrier between a mother and a child even if it's the very logical barrier of a hospital door uh-huh i was like oh no no i was like are they not gonna give her like because we know that they have hannah when they leave but i'm still just like what's happening i know so she goes in she talks to hannah hannah's not feeling well and the nurse is like and you know what we shouldn't probably assume that she's a nurse she could be a doctor no because she says the doctor will come in and talk okay. to you shortly she did yeah okay so the nurse then comes and pulls June aside and continually doesn't use the name that June gives her, which is which Osborne, is Osborne. which is, and I assume, her asks, maiden name. These questions are so invasive. Like, even before you get to, like, the meat of it, like, asking if Hannah is her biological child, which, since Hannah is mixed race, especially is licked. It's doubly gross. And she says something to her about, oh, you're very blessed, which... I find that difficult to take from strangers now in like pre 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 Gilead in real life. I mean, uh, you know, Mike Pence, um, <laughs> Mike Pence, Mike Pence. <laughs> and like, I'm like, oh, this is this is woman is clearly like down with the Gilead. And it's just it's really because she r- just won't stop calling her bank hole. Well, and she harps on that like, oh, you you work full time mm-hmm. and your mm-hmm. husband works full time. And did you deliberately send your daughter to school to circumvent the policy so you wouldn't have to miss work? And like, and the, yes, <laughs> yeah. But also she's like, oh, we have to make sure you're a fit parent. I like, know. That is extreme. Well, the cruddy thing is, is that women with children who work 
today face this kind of talk. Oh, absolutely. So it's just, it is a, a heightened version of what actually happens. And it's terrible. So she also says something about Luke being on a work site in Quincy. And I really am curious what it is that he does. I know. I was curious because about that as they, well. like, they met on a work day, didn't they? At that they food truck? Did. Well, we don't know. But it, I ostensibly, yes. Yeah. At and any rate. He wears a button up to work so... Yeah. I mean, I... My guess, civil engineer. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a very, like, husband on mm-hmm. TV job. Yeah. <laughs> um, fun fact, that's what Amy studied before she switched to computer science. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Well, there She you go. now, very understandably, did not enjoy having to hang out in a trailer on a construction site with guys who had porn calendars and listened to Christian radio. Blech. <laughs> Not a great, not a great uh, situation for anybody. Anyway, uh, I'm I'm curious if we'll learn more about his work. Oh, and the the scary thing I wanted to point out about this scene before she gets to the questioning is she tells Hannah in this very like way that we would say and throw away, you know, if it was any time other than Gilead time. She goes, "I'm going to steal your mommy away for a bit." <gasps> oh my god, I didn't even clock that, and my whole butt just clenched. <laughs> The whole butt. I'm just picturing your butt folding in on itself both, like a dying star. Both cheeks. That's the name of my butthole. <laughs> a dying star. Yeah. You oh. can read all about it in the buddy comedy that I'm writing Mike Pence and the Dying Star. <laughs> oh, it's a, wait. A lot, to un- a lot to unpack here. What is Mike Pence doing near your butthole? Uh, great question. <laughs> You'll have to find yeah, out. Yeah, you're going to have to buy the book. Listen, I'm not running a charity. But it's, again, because I think we see other scenes in season one, or maybe this is the book, I'm having trouble, or honestly, Kelly, I bet I'm thinking of Alias Grace, but just of the way that we casually say things that are violent, just as part of our- Oh, absolutely. Like, well, oh I man, remember, I could kill that person. Like, my my cousin's mom died and when he was very young, and like, we were all hanging out kind of after the fact, and I said something like, oh, like, I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna kill you, and I was like, oh. We just casually use yeah. this language that doesn't become sinister unless there's context, and in Gilead- Unless somebody's watching a TV show and then doing a podcast about it. <laughs> yeah. In Gilead, it's rife with context, so they do eventually steal her mommy away. We went from the ghost of Doctor's past to the ghost of Doctor present. Uh, I love the way this scene is photographed. Me too. I loved it when we saw it at Paley Fest. I love it even more now because it goes from... Because the hospital in the past is very dark. Uh-huh. And very dark. It's very familiar, whereas this is very like futuristic and dystopian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the scene we saw at Paley Fest where she's in the hospital, she's lying akimbo, and she has she's bisected by the cloth, and Serena Joy comes in and reprimands her. Yeah. She's great. Uh, also, I think a uh, smart girl bullshit should be the alternate title for this show. Yeah. <laughs> What, for the hand still or for Red All Over? Uh, red All Over. <laughs> Just like Red All Over, colon, smart girl bullshit. No, no, no. Smart girl bullshit with Kelly and Molly. <laughs> <laughs> That's maybe our follow-up podcast, All right, to cool. be quite honest. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm possibly down, depending on what everybody Don't employment. sign up for another podcast. I don't, like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to stop the other one. Like, we've tried, we've, we've pulled the plug and then didn't pull the plug. So, I, I don't know. I think I, this is just who I am now. You're just a podcaster. I'm just, I'm just attached to an H6 Zoom recorder at all times. 
then the doctor comes in. We, we've described this scene in a previous episode. We don't need to do anything. Go too deep into it. Yeah, I mean, if you really want to go deep, you can listen to our Paley Fest episode where we said all kinds of wildly inaccurate things, <laughs> I'm sure, because we didn't know what was going yeah. on. Uh, oh, the commander just makes my skin crawl. Mm-hmm. It's the hair and the beard and his posture and the way that his suits don't quite fit him. No. It's so subtle uh-huh. because you got to figure he's got his own tailor. Yeah. But just his suits are just a little too big on his frame. It's very weird. Well, the other thing that I think is strange now knowing that there's no kind of timeline wimbly wombliness and that everything is more linear, this scene of Serena Joy and Fred comes right after she's telling him that there's no way he could have fathered the child because he's yeah. not man enough. So she just like yelled at him. Well, and then in and this context, she's yelled at him and then they have this tender moment and she's just yelled at Offred and then she kisses her. Yeah. And like, it's weird because she kisses her, but like her lips aren't moving. Yeah. Like there's no feeling behind That's how you kiss, kiss friends. Friends don't kiss friends like that. <laughs> Look, if I'm going to kiss you, I'm using tongue. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We've been through enough. Did you clock the gynecologist calling her honey? No, but that's disgusting. It's so horrible. I hate it. And I, listen, I'm a person who enjoys a casual term of endearment if from a stranger, gonna, but not looking that, at my you vagina. You be Trixie from Call the Midwife saying, you're going to feel a bit of pressure now, sweetie. I do love that. I love her oh, so much. Oh, Trixie's the best person on that show now that Chummy's not on it. Yeah. Anyway. Agreed. Yes. So then, then, then. There's some fucking Crocs. Oh, yeah. That's how you know it's a dystopian society <laughs> where evil reigns because there's still fucking clock crocs. If you thought maybe Gilead was kind of an okay idea, you're wrong. You see Mario Batali in the background just <laughs> being oh, who he be. Um, my mom found that like they make crocs for prom, like they make grommets for oh, prom. Crocs? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yes. So telling me, I'm like, ugh. And we're both like, yeah, that's really ugly. And I was like, well, I guess if you're trying to hold on to your virginity. And then my uh-huh. mom, inveterate Catholic as she is, says, well, then I guess we should get some for everybody. <laughs> this is, I'm 35. Oh, my Lord. We I'm should get some for everybody. years Jeez, old. Louise. Wow. I will say I bought a pair of non-croc looking Crocs and they're one of the most comfortable shoes I've I ever don't, read. Listen, I believe you, but I don't want to hear about it because okay. I don't want to okay. buy anything from them. Okay. That's I don't want to give them my money. That's fine. But uh, they will. A dollar for Crocs is a dollar for Gilead. <laughs> it's like the anti-Toms. So <laughs> <laughs> like, every pair of Crocs you purchase, we'll deposit it in an investment fund geared toward to subjugate a, a women. dystopia filled with sexual slavery and biblical references. Half off. <laughs> so, Yeah. She finds a key in her boot. And you know what? Honestly, though, this guy is the one that was wearing Crocs. It wasn't the doctor. It was disorderly. So we got to forgive him. We didn't see the doctor's feet. And I'm not even sure that was a doctor. I think it was just an ultrasound tech. I think that was just a guy that wandered in off the street. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I can show you this. It's no big deal. Get in here, Jonathan. Yeah. (laughs) You got cold hands? Good. Blessed day, Jonathan. (laughs) Um, So, Croc. Crocs. We're just gonna call them Crocs. So Crocs <laughs> leaves a key in her pocket, in her boot, boot. in her boot, in her boot, because she's putting it on and she hears it like rattle. Yeah, and the key has a red square on it, and that is a clue. It is a clue because the door in the room has a red square, and then all of a sudden, Rockapella comes out, and they're like, "Where <laughs> in the world is Carmen San Diego?" <laughs> 
<laughs> coming to Netflix very soon, starring Gina Rodriguez. Oh, my queen. I'm so excited. So she follows the squares out of the hospital room down a and hallway. I was very surprised by this. I don't know where I thought the key was to. Me. I and, thought I, I, and also, I'm embarrassed because if it was me, I would have been like, oh my God, I have this key. I wonder what it opens. And I would have just gone home. I know. I would have gone I home. Have straight up just gone home. It was not obvious to me that that was an immediate <laughs> situation know. kind of thing. So, well, and, you know, and I wonder too is like, oh, like if she didn't use it, like, what, like could she be like, mm, can you make sure I'm in the room that I was in before? Well, and the <laughs> other thing I wonder, these red squares... Are they there all the time? Is this like an established thing that happens? You know, how I'm just curious how this works. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. They're not going to tell me, but yeah, I'm very curious. She follows it out of the hospital into the back of a van. And I thought that what was hanging up there were econo wife clothes uh-huh. because that is just the assumption that we all make mm-hmm. anytime anything is hanging. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but it is a bunch of pig carcasses. And she proceeds to practice punching them like Rocky. No, she doesn't. She sits in the back of the van and the doors close and it pulls away. And uh, fun fact, hmm. we see the logo. It's the All Flesh logo. Aww. Made me so excited. Aww. I'm uh, like, wow, it really does reward reading the book. It made me hungry for charcuterie. Um, <laughs> it did not. <laughs> no, it didn't. You wouldn't even eat Chili Mac. It's true, I didn't. That has no animals in it. I know. So this car drives her off and she's freezing cold in this back of this car. And it just keeps driving. And I was shook. I was like, is she going to freeze to death before she gets where she's going? But I was like, I don't like they've clearly done this before. Yeah. And like we cut from she's in there and she's flashing back to finally getting home with Hannah and Luke is home. Luke is, I guess, because she said at the hospital, like she thinks he's like driving home Mm -hmm. now. The TV is blaring. The TV is blaring so loud we can hear it. Because I was like, is this like some weird like memory distortion? But it's just she can hear the TV Mm -hmm. coming from inside the apartment. And they get inside and Hannah is being a cranky, sick child because that's what she is. But Luke is like, uh, these dudes showed up in the Capitol and just shot everybody. They just opened fire and there's a lot of people dead. Mm-hmm. And June's just like, and it, 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 again, it's that, it's that sort of like, because we have this security in America coupled with yeah. our American exceptionalism yeah, that it can't happen here. Of course. And, you know, June is, is confused and she doesn't understand the context luke doesn't fully understand the context but he like hasn't been at the hospital with his child and although i also find it really hard to believe that june wasn't listening to npr in her car on the way home a lot of times (laughs) if you have little kids in the car you can't listen to the news because it could be potentially upsetting but he was saying all that stuff right in front of right well and i think hannah's still young enough where she's not clocking a lot of stuff I would be surprised if that was the case. Look, I'm just going to console myself in my head, Canon. They were listening to Radio Disney. Yeah. That's the other thing that survives to the dystopia yeah. is Crocs and Radio, Radio Disney. Disney. So offers June. God, I can't even it's keep okay. her straight in the past. No one's mad. So she is trying to get Hannah in bed and like come back out because she's in there with Hannah and Luke comes and he's like, there was an explosion in the White House. Oh. And she wants to find out what's going on. But Hannah keeps insisting that she stay with her, that she stay with her. And so she does and is like, you know, try to go to sleep. And she's like, you'll stay, right? And so, you know, we keep getting this thing where Hannah wants her mom. And she does that when they've just gotten home. Hannah was over on a chair 
And like Luke was trying to like get her sorted out, but she didn't want him. She wanted June. Right. Which makes it, you know, all the more gutting mm-hmm. what happens. Yeah. Because that's clearly that was her favorite person. And, you know, <sighs> circumstances were always pulling them apart. Yeah. It was tough. Uh, she says, I hate this day. And that hurt my heart. Oh, God. It was. Yeah. Well, I think that was when you started crying again. I know. And I'm I... getting misty thinking about it. Because then we get to we're back in the truck. Yeah. And it's very cold and they pull up somewhere and this guy opens the back of the truck and he gets her out and he gets her out and he says, it's okay. You're safe. Stay inside. Somebody will come for you. And she just hugs him. And that got us both because that was really, I didn't even realize like I was like holding my breath. I know. Me neither. And it's like, obviously she's not going to die. I know. I don't know what I was thinking. This whole show is Elizabeth Moss. Say what you were thinking about the hanging. Is you oh, said- yeah, I was I thought maybe initially the hanging was like the end of the series. I thought so, too. And then we were going to be like, oh, you know, six weeks before. And I'm glad they didn't do that because I would have pissed me the fuck off. Me too. But yeah, I totally agree. So she gets she's in there and and Nick is there and mm-hmm. she hugs him and she's got to be so cold, though. I know. That's, you know? I kept waiting for him <laughs> to say like. Your, okay your face is cold <laughs> yeah I'd be like hey can we just let's warm me up a little bit like this is yeah and he tells her to undress and she's like not now <laughs> dude relax <laughs> put it away i was almost hanged today <laughs> i know you just you just look so hot no dude come on <laughs> and, and the doofy guardian is there bless a day off <laughs> no stop trying to make doofy guardian happen it's not gonna happen so she takes off her clothes and finally answers the question that I think we've all been wondering, which is handmaid's boxers or briefs. She's boxers. wearing boxers. Yeah, surprisingly, uh, boxers. You know what? I wish because I wear tight pants. I'd wear boxers, though. Yeah, yeah. They're, oh, they're so comfy. I feel you. I feel you. I feel like I wouldn't feel held. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Well, because it works. Like, it kind of works because she's in a dress all the time. Right. I know. Yeah. You need some of that vaginal mesh? I or? need a little... <laughs> dare you how dare how very dare you vaginal mesh indeed huh man you just ground my gears there um (laughs) well why do you think people need vaginal mesh too much gear grinding snapped all the fibers she takes off her outfit and throws it in the pot belly stove Pours gasoline on it or whatever, what have you, and then got the match and like regards it before throwing it in. Then she cuts her hair. She goes full Mulan, cuts her hair. Um, and you could tell Let's her. Let's get down to business <laughs> to defeat the hair. Okay. <laughs> the patriarchy. <laughs> and you can see her considering like if she should do a lob for a second <laughs> or if like that would age her because sometimes that happens. Yeah. And then so she tosses the hair into the fire as well. And then <laughs> the part we all knew was coming but was just hoping not. She looks to her earpiece and proceeds to very lingeringly cut off the corner of her ear that has the the tracker on and it. it's rough and we couldn't see it very well which i'm not super sorry about i because, couldn't because i had my hands over my yeah, eyes i was trying to see it uh, but look on a scale of one to cronenberg it's pretty tame <laughs> but it is hard to watch and you know she is 
we get, you know, her as we saw her in the first teaser, you know, covered in blood. This does look like a cute sleep set, though. I would absolutely <laughs> sleep in this. Um, and I thought the ear piercing part in Parrot Trap was rough. <laughs> I can't watch that part either. The difference between you and me. I, I have class, class and you don't. Oh. <laughs> God. I love that movie. We've talked about this, right? Yeah, I like, think that's, remake all day. That's oh, obviously yeah. remake. Yeah. That's on the list of like ones. Oh, of course, because we keep talking about Aunt Vicky. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, we have that and Legally Blonde, yeah. like in the shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so yeah, and then it ends with her giving her stats. Both of us <laughs> rolled our eyes when she said she was 120 pounds. I said lucky. Oh yeah. I listen. I realize that I should be living in a, you know, healthy at any size mindset, but I'm just not there yet. Uh, she's 5'3 barefoot, which surprised me because I feel like Elizabeth Moss must be 5'3 then. Oh, she's a teeny little yeah. bit of a thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm only 5'5, five five, but I have wow. good personality. So. You sure do. That's right, baby. That's right. Uh, she's 34. And yeah, wow. What a freaking great season opener. Yeah. Brings us right back into the scariness and vitality of this show. We haven't seen Moira yet. Is the only seen... the biggest major character we haven't seen. Well, we haven't seen Moira. We or haven't Janine. seen Rory. Who I or now Rory. I'm just going to keep calling Rory because of it's you. It's a thing. So there's a couple of the key yeah. players, but we I'm saw. I'm curious if we'll see Angela Putnam again. I doubt it. I wonder maybe, maybe Bradley Whitford is her new commander. Well, that's nice. Yeah. I don't know. Upgrade. Maybe. Oh, definitely. Uh. <laughs> Boy. Yeah. I feel all icky again. Yeah, me too. Still. I thought that was going to be cathartic. I mean, it was, <laughs> but then we got to the end part where she cuts off her ear and there's just nothing um, reassuring about cutting your own ear off. <laughs> there really isn't. Like, you know, yeah, sure. We all think Van Gogh's a genius now <laughs> but back in the day people were like this fucking guy is weirdo <laughs> at right. least she had a good reason i know <laughs> yeah van Gogh. what do you know of pain <laughs> 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 but um i think this is gonna be just a rip-roaring season yeah i mean i do think the gloves are off the gloves are fucking off gloves man. are off ears are off everything's off yeah off the chain <laughs> Uh, uh, Fred, not, not off Wyatt, but everyone else. Oh off the boy, chain. <laughs> we gotta end this. We're, yeah, we gotta, we gotta end this. All right, we, gotta, we, we gotta love go. you. Take care of yourselves. Keep listening, rate and review, follow us, and Nolite te bastardes carburandorum. Dum dum da da dum dum da da dum dum da da dum dum da da dum 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 dum